Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Operating Your Business in a Crisis, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located under the episode directory on my Voice America page, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Mark Willis is on a mission to help you think differently about your money, the economy, and your future. After graduating with six figures of student loan debt and watching everyone lose their savings and home equity in 08, he knew he needed to find a more predictable way to meet his and his clients' financial objectives. Mark is a certified financial planner, a two-time number one best-selling author, and the owner of Lake Growth Financial Services in Chicago. He has helped hundreds of clients take back control of their financial future and build their businesses with proven, tax-efficient financial solutions. He specializes in building custom-tailored financial strategies unknown to many stock jockeys, attorneys, or other financial gurus. As co-host of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast, He shares his strategies for real estate investing, paying for college, and creating income in retirement you won't outlive. So, Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks, Candy. Glad to be on your show. I'm glad to have you. I know in the midst of everything that's going on right now, this is top of mind for a lot of people. So I'm glad that you could be here to discuss, you know, the financial situation and your tips to help us improve what we have saved for our future. Uh, But before we get into that, I would love for you to give me a little bit more background about yourself and how you became a financial expert. Sure. Yeah, like many careers, sometimes they find us rather than Mm -hmm. the other way around. (laughs) That's Uh, true. I I certainly went to school for something different and then graduated. My wife and I, between us, our three private school degrees left us with six figures of student loan debt in the midst Mm -hmm. of the last recession, 2008. So it's funny to call it the last recession, but I guess mm-hmm. if we're in one now, I guess that was the previous one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had we had $120,000 of student loan debt, no plan to pay that off, and no jobs uh, mm-hmm. to speak of with much income. In the midst of a, a terrible economy, it's hard to find work right. when you're just getting started, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that got me laser focused on my own personal financial journey and that of me and my wife. And uh, the rest is history. We started focusing on our own finances and ultimately uh, got into the, the space of financial services and financial planning. I ended up getting a certified financial planner designation and starting a financial firm here in Chicago, working with folks all around the country uh, to build sanity back into the financial portfolios of our clients. I think we're too often building an insane financial portfolio, and we need to find ways that are sane, predictable, and provide peace and security in the midst of turbulent, very turbulent times. Mm-hmm. For sure. Especially, like I said, now people are concerned. I mean, if they look at what the value is in their account now versus what it was, you know, six weeks ago or something, there's been a pretty significant change. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and it's, 
it's not just this year. It's not the right, not just true. this year. I, I was looking at the math here. Wall Street, on average, has lost fourteen percent every year, at least temporarily, throughout the course of the year for the last hundred years. Oh, uh, wow. A bear market is on average every three to five years, and that's mm-hmm. an uh, the average bear market loses the average person thirty four percent. So you know if 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 uh, if we've if we're going into winter economic winter every three to five years, uh, you know we need to have some sort of coat right to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. At least I would I would think so. Right. It's so important, and it gets so confusing. A lot of people just don't know what they should or shouldn't be doing, and there's so many people out there who give information, and so I'm glad to have you and your perspective on here today. So let's get into a little bit more of the details. So I know you've said cash and liquid money is like oxygen to a business. So with this recent shutdown of many states, you know, we've seen businesses fail because they didn't have sufficient capital on hand. So how important is it for business owners to have contingent contingency capital for opportunities and emergencies? Wow. Yeah. Great question. And honestly, we've seen the Small Business uh, Administration and the, the, the Treasury Department uh, shoveling money into, our, into the business owners' pockets. Uh, we, we recently saw the PPP program, uh, as of this recording, just exhausted after two weeks, 14 days, $350 billion uh, was put into the pockets of small business owners. And they're already talking about part two, with another, what is it, three? Another three hundred fifty billion, I believe. That something like that, I've heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to me, that spells a um, that we just didn't. We as business owners just didn't have set aside money set for a rainy day. We couldn't have mm-hmm. handled. We couldn't have handled a drizzle, and what we've got with this coronavirus and this uh, economy's shutdown, we got a torrential downpour, Candy. Mm-hmm. And and so you're exactly right. The power of cash, I think, has been forgotten. We've built too much inventory, we've built too much illiquid uh, assets into our businesses, and I think we're starting to remember or realize how important liquid operating capital is uh, for our businesses to survive in good times and bad. Mm -hmm. It's definitely very important to have on hand, and I think people, either they're struggling anyway because sometimes, you know, profit margins aren't that great or, you know, they're starting out and they just haven't had a lot of time to build up, you know, savings. But I think a lot of times too, people feel like, oh, everything's great and I can just, you know, do what I'm doing and everything's going to be fine and not really put away for that rainy day. So I think this has been a wake up call. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's an old phrase that uh, cash is trash. Uh, that's in the <laughs> financial world. Um, I'm starting to think, um, we're starting to have a, a second thoughts about that that uh, investment philosophy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes cash is the best dry powder for your business. Think of it this way. If everyone else is levered up with debt to banks and you've got plenty of operating capital, cash, dry powder, not only are you prepared for an emergency, but couldn't you take advantage of opportunities and even take market share from your competitors who are also on the averages up to their eyeballs in debt? You know, wouldn't mm-hmm. wouldn't cash on hand. We're not talking about checking accounts and boring checking accounts necessarily, but just operating the cash as an as a tool in the toolbox to help your business thrive and survive. I, I recently heard uh, Shake Shack just gave back their PPP loan uh, mm-hmm. and won a ton of just positive vibes in the marketplace. You got to believe mm-hmm. that 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 has an ROI to it as well. That goodwill oh, that they sure. have. 
Right. Yeah, I saw that because I've heard a lot of people, you know, complaining about, you know, it was all big business that, you know, got the money. And I'm sure there was probably some that did. Um, One of the things people don't understand, though, too, is a lot of those are owned by franchise owners, which are individual operators, and they are a small business. But in the case of a big company, and yes, I heard that, that they were giving that back. And yes, people are excited about that, too, because now there's resources available for the small guys again to get something. Because I know there was a lot of frustration about, wow, they ran out of money already ready and I need this to operate and you know the EIDL loan ran out of money and mm-hmm. I know there's been some local um, grants here too that you know I had shared with my clients and you know everyone was saying I tried to get on and it wouldn't even let me get on and apply and then it said you know sorry it's full already and so I think there's a lot of people trying for these resources that are limited and they're not getting anything and then they're just really frustrated because any opportunity that's presented itself has not ended up working out in the long run. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're in a, a, a brand new game. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think the, the rules that we lived by and operate our businesses by uh, no longer seem to apply in a lot of circumstances. We've woken up from a dream uh, and now we're in uh, uh, Q2 2020 and we get a brand new game to play, which can provide some opportunities for the business owner who's ready to try out some new rules and, and play by the new rules. Right, for sure. And I think people have heard in the past, like, as an individual, you should have like six months of savings or or things like that in case something happens. But I don't know if businesses always think that way. So, I mean, as a tip, what would you tell someone, though, really to have on hand? Is it really six months? Is it more? Is it less? You know, how would someone actually start to put away that amount, too, if they're kind of struggling? You're you're uh, you're asking a very good question that probably has ten thousand answers depending mm-hmm. on who's listening, mm-hmm. uh, and so I don't have a firm answer for every business because there's going to be a different cash need. You know, right. real estate investors might have a different need than a restaurant, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's just let's let's tend to overemphasize liquidity. I I don't mean to to go off the other side of the horse here, but. You know, what if you had two years of operating expenses in ready-to-go capital? Mm-hmm. If you didn't, if you didn't need it for an emergency, and you saw a great real estate deal, couldn't you use that cash mm-hmm. for an, for an opportunity and pick it up in the midst of a great downturn? If we go through another real estate downturn, or a couple of restaurants that may unfortunately have closed, if you have the cash, you could pick those those uh, businesses up, and and now you've just picked up a few extra revenue streams when people finally start going back out to eat. Mm-hmm. That's true. Or even buying like the equipment or something. If you needed to upgrade exactly. your equipment or things like that, definitely that's, yeah. that's good information. So as business owners, you know, we don't just get handed a 401k when we start our business, right? So how can we accumulate sufficient capital then to ensure our financial independence? Yeah. You know, there's, there's a number of places we can park our money. There's actually, I kept track of it uh, as best as I could going through some studies uh, for the CFP program. And I kept up with as much, as many as 450 financial products that I could mm, keep up wow. and count. Can you imagine? How I do mean, you even maintain your knowledge on all of that? You know what I mean? I know. <laughs> it's so broad. It's, and it's so deep. You gotta, you really have to just acknowledge that you gotta be a specialist in a certain area. And mm-hmm. that includes CFPs. We try to tout ourselves as the, you know, the, the key designation for personal financial planning. But the truth is, Nobody's got a corner on truth. You've got to find a specialty and a focus. And I would say that's also true with the business owners. 
uh, you know, you shouldn't need to be a CFP to run a regular business, you know, I don't mm-hmm. think, or an accountant to do your, you know, to, to run your business. So, you know, it's, it's the 401k is one of 450 places you could keep your cash. And like you brought up so well, Candy, at least when I started my business, uh, the 401k didn't just fall out of the sky and into my lap, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the key question I would say is, as a business owner, where is the right place for my money to live before I need to use it again? Mm-hmm. Because where you put your money makes it do different things. Mm-hmm. And that's such an obvious, simple uh, statement. Uh, it sounds so simple, but honestly, many people, myself for many years, didn't take the time to really say, what is happening to the money when I put it into my XYZ account? For mm-hmm. example, you know, a, a brokerage account will make my money act different in the way of taxes and risk and growth and, you know, liquidity, then say a savings account or a, a shoebox or <laughs> a hedge under fund. Under the mattress. <laughs> yeah, under the mattress. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. You got it. So, you know, where do I want to put my money so that it does and acts and has the characteristics that I'm looking for to, to operate a successful business and ultimately to provide financial independence for my own personal life and the life of my family. Mm-hmm. I mean, that to me seems like a, a great first question to start in. Uh, everything else becomes secondary. You know, once I heard somebody say, Mark, you know, uh, if I had the choice between uh, Tiger Woods golf clubs or Tiger Woods golf swing, I would choose his swing. Mm-hmm. A swing, yeah, yeah I, because I don't, you can yeah. make more money with that than the clubs, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's about concepts and determining what your goals and objectives are. And then we get down to labels and products, whether it's a 401k or an annuity or a savings account. So yeah, how do we accumulate? Your question was, how do we accumulate capital for independence? Uh, you know, I think there's a, a number of places you can park money so that it does what you want it to do. But you know, one of the, maybe in, in our time we have in this first segment, maybe I'll just ask you a, a few questions and we can kind of have a talk there and then we can keep going. Um, okay. So, you know, when I was looking at it for my own life, I was trying to find a way to get uh, debt free and start a business and build some real wealth all at the same time as the markets were crashing. So <laughs> for me, this was sort of my little checklist and Candy, I wonder what you'd add to this. So I, I thought to myself, what do I want my money to do for me? And here were a few of my answers. I wanted it to have a competitive rate of return. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to have some access to that cash where I wouldn't get an early withdrawal penalty or taxed or something just to get access to my own money. I wanted it to be able to uh, have guarantees and, and uh, grow each year so I wouldn't necessarily have to worry about it. I want to make sure you know, when I put the money in there, it was still there when I got it out again. Um, you know, I wanted it to be protected from lawsuits, which I think is a big deal for uh, business owners. For sure. And, and so those, that's sort of a short list. I wanted it to have some tax-free access, you know, so I wanted it to grow and be accessible without taxes due. That was sort of my short list, Candy. There probably were a few others thinking back now, but what about yourself? Um, what do you think for the business owner or for yourself would be a perfect financial vehicle? Yeah, I think one thing to consider is, yes, you want to be able to put your money away for the future, right? So if you need it, however long the future is down the line, if we're talking personally too, when you're in retirement or if you're in a business, like you said, if a big opportunity comes, but at the same time, having, you know, it available very easily for if an opportunity arises right now, right? Like for instance, Mm -hmm. if someone finds out that, 
someone is retiring and selling their business and they could go and purchase that business to expand, you know, what they're currently doing. If they don't have anything readily available to make that down payment or, you know, to be able to get a loan, even if you're getting an SBA loan, you have to usually have at least 20% or something, right, to yeah. of your own capital, right? So having something ready for those opportunities that present themselves that you're not even anticipating, you know, is helpful. Mm-hmm. And not just thinking like, oh, when I'm 65 years old or however old when I retire, um, although most of us who are business owners probably aren't really going to retire, right? But, you know, mm-hmm. we don't want to work as much. So it's just really figuring out what is the best thing to do with your money, not just now, but for your future is really important, especially as a business owner trying to, you know, do it all yourself because there's generally no retirement guarantee for you if you're an entrepreneur, if you're just depending on yourself and your business, as a lot of people are finding out right now, right? You know, kind of Mm -hmm. what they were expecting to be able to operate well is struggling. You bet. Yeah. Well, you're so right. Access to capital uh, for, for such a time as this is super important. I'd say like a fish out of water. If you put your money in the wrong spot, you're going to be dead. (laughs) <laughs> in the, in, uh, but if you put your money in the right environment, you will thrive, your money will thrive and reproduce. So, mm-hmm. you know, most financial vehicles take money out of your own hands. It takes the control away from you. You know, things like mm-hmm. 401ks, IRAs, um, credit cards, real estate, um, Wall Street, you know, most of those, or even a shoebox, uh, I would contend, takes the control away. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, we can get into that more later, I suppose. Great. I look forward to doing that. And actually, right now, it's time to take a break. So when we come back, we'll continue to chat with Mark about how to become your business's source of working capital. You're listening to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer on Voice America Internet Radio. We'll be right back after this brief commercial break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Biz Help For You. 
If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. In the last segment, Mark Willis told us about his background and how he became a financial expert. Now, let's continue our discussion. So, Mark, while we were talking in the last segment, I had a thought when I mentioned, you know, the cash under the mattress, that often people learn things about money, you know, just from their own family experience. But I was thinking that cash under the mattress was somewhat of a generational thing that people were afraid of using banks or other financial institutions. So have you seen anything in that realm that really there's certain generations that are more prone to use certain type of financial vehicles other than others? on top of the raised in a family that maybe does some one way or another with their cash. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's a generational mindset of money that uh, you know works itself out over a lifetime. If you go back to the greatest generation through the millennials, there's actually there's very definite emotional and behavioral traits that come up uh, that I see very common trademarks of um, and you know I think Gen Z uh, or whoever is growing up right now is going to have, once again, a very interesting take on money as we uh, encounter what we're going through right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you could probably name some of these characteristics just like anyone, Candy. But yeah, the 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 greatest generation that went through the Great Depression, um, you know, has a different mindset of where saving and investing overlap. I would actually mm-hmm. put a definition to this. Uh, and I'm a you know, an elder millennial, you might say, on the far <laughs> old end of the spectrum. Uh, but I came of age, you might say, graduated from college in the midst of the last recession. And that made an imp- uh, imprint on our financial firm here mm-hmm. uh, again. And, and I think it's positioned us perfectly right now in this moment to help our clients uh, protect and even grow their wealth, no matter what's happening in the stock market. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, I think there's some some real benefit to taking stock of what are your beliefs, what do you think about money, what are your under, how how do you relate to this thing called money, and what are those beliefs helpful or are they harming you? I think those are really important questions to ask. Yeah, it was just one of those thoughts that, as I said that, I was like, you know, I bet there is, you know, something around this, even though we know a lot of times it's how you've been raised to. If your family was really cautious with money, you you either are cautious or you go the other direction too sometimes in your more a spender or things too so it's been interesting learning about that over time too but what I wanted to also mention though as we started talking about in the last time as well as business owners you know often we aren't really putting money away for our own future um, and things because we're operating our business and you know the majority of the net worth then is really tied up in running their business. So how can we be sure that lawsuits and creditors and predators don't really take away the most valuable assets of the business? Yeah, man, that's that's a smart question, Candy, only because, you know, it's it's all too common. I, I think the the uh, the average statistic, we all as Americans, uh, if you're listening to this in the United States, we all have as an average 11% chance every year of being sued. 11 mm. Wow. And it goes way higher if you're a business owner, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, and, and and it's almost a foregone conclusion if you're a real estate investor. Over 20 years, that you have a 95% chance of being sued if, wow. you're, if you're into real estate. So, you know, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Mm-hmm. And I would say you're right. Uh, the vast majority of business owners I speak with are 
rightfully so, very focused on their business as their primary asset in their portfolio. That mm-hmm. is where their money and their attention goes. And by the way, I think that's a smart move. Uh, was it Car- uh, who was it who said? Uh, was it um, uh, Andrew Carnegie who said, uh, you know, I don't want to have my eggs in twelve different baskets. I want to have my eggs in one basket and then watch that basket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe it was Rockefeller. It was. It was. Yeah. Uh, so forgive me if I've misquoted here. But you know, the key is the business owner understands that he or she can control their outcomes in their business more so mm-hmm. than a mutual fund, more so than an index fund or a four hundred one k. And so there, there's reason enough to pour money, time, and attention into your business. However, you have a risk, a significant risk of lawsuits. Uh, if someone slips the wrong way on a banana peel outside your business, that could ruin or wreck your one and only asset in your business. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, again, where you keep your money makes it do different things. One of the key asset characteristics I needed for my own financial plan was I wanted this financial tool uh, in my tool belt to have protection from lawsuits. I wanted it to be an exempt asset. And you can Google your state to figure out what are the exempt assets in whatever state you live in. It's a state-by-state checklist. But again, yeah, where do we keep our cash? And is it protected from those uh, creditors and predators? Mm -hmm. Because I think there's a lot of people out there uh, seeking to steal identities and to steal... Mm you know, financial information. So those are also a key, key, uh, key piece, Candy, to an overall sane financial portfolio. Right. And I think this isn't the topic that we're, you know, talking about today, but as you're talking to, it makes me think of, you know, having the entities for the businesses for some type of protection too. So if someone wants to know, you know, what they should be doing, you know, talk to a business attorney that can help them figure out what type of entity might be good. Cause a lot of people operate as a sole proprietor and then their assets are at risk. Like you said, if someone comes and sues them because they have a trip and fall, especially now with a lot of people working out of their homes right. and probably going to continue to operate their businesses from there too now that a lot of it has changed and realizing that you know your home insurance policy isn't going to cover if something happens and someone could sue you so I mean that's a whole nother topic but that's something to consider to protect the assets as well mm-hmm. yeah well and it can be overwhelming uh, I want to give some you know green lights here too with all the problems we're describing for business owners, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a big, complex, you know, um, complicated tool of mm-hmm. uh, toolbox of instruments. I'm a big believer in simplicity for the business owner, especially uh, to know uh, that you can control your outcomes as best as possible in a world's gone so turbulent. Uh, we can't control everything in life, mm-hmm. in a way, right? Uh, but of the things that are under our control, let's do our best to, to keep keep ourselves on a pathway to know our outcomes before we even start. That's a pretty cool feeling when you can right. know amidst the storm in life and life can throw some pretty serious storms our way. If we had some sort of um, capacity to own and control the outcome before we even started, that would provide some peace of mind to our family, but also uh, a success path for our business as well. Right. And you mentioned simplicity, and that is so important, too. I know just the financial realm in general could be so overwhelming for some people. And, you know, especially, like you said, 450 products out there or something. I mean, that can be Mm -hmm. completely overwhelming to someone who isn't even 
very strong in this financial realm, even for those who are strong, you know, that could still be an overwhelming task and they don't have a lot of time. But for those who just feel like finance is not even in their wheelhouse, Mm -hmm. it could just feel like there's way too much to have to know or monitor. And so when you say simplicity, that made me think like, oh, people are going to feel much more comfortable going this direction because they know it's not going to be as difficult as maybe it seems. Well, and I would say I have some apologizing to do Uh, on behalf of our entire industry. I think financial planners writ large have made this way too complex. And uh, I think it's sort of uh, in an effort to maintain the management of everyone else's money, uh, Mm -hmm. to be very, to be very frank with you. You know, um, I think, I think more people say, hey, just do it for me. They just hand over all their money and say, Mr. or Mrs. Uh, financial Planner, just please just take my money and just manage it. Just do it for me. I don't want to think about it. I can't. I'm not smart enough. And the honest truth is you are smart enough. You have the best, uh, you have the best approach and, uh, and understanding of your own personal goals and objectives. It does not have to be super complex. In fact, um, you know, I would say that too often the financial advisor, him or herself, also doesn't know what's going on. I'll, I'll give you a quick example. Mm-hmm. Uh, very often I will see um, uh, account statements uh, on a mutual fund or, or an index account or a brokerage account or a 401k. Someone will hand me a, an account statement saying, here's my rate of return in a big fat number up at the top right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll look at the exact numbers and they are absolutely not getting that return. Here's what mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, let's say that you went up 10% in the first year, your money went up 10% in the first year, and then let's say it went down 10% in the second year. Mm-hmm. Most people would think, oh, I'm even, I'm just, even, I'm, right. I'm even. But the truth is, no, you 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 lost money. You know, if right. you take 100 bucks and it goes up mm-hmm. to 110, loses right. 10%, you're down to 99 bucks. You're, you're mm-hmm. not even, Right. Um, the average rate of return is a myth. Uh, let me explain this one very quickly. So let's say that uh, Candy, you handed me a ten thousand dollars to invest, and let's say that I doubled your money this year. You're feeling great. We went up a hundred percent. You got you got twenty grand sitting in your account, and you're happy as a clam with my work so far. Right. So we're up to twenty grand. Year two rolls around, and we lose. I lose half of your money in the second mm. year. We go mm-hmm. from twenty thousand back down to ten thousand dollars. Now, you you gave me ten grand. Two years later, I gave it back to you. How much mm-hmm. money did you make? You actually lost because you had the potential to earn money if you'd put that somewhere else. So true. Yeah, you're you're thinking opportunity cost. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Very cool. You must be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I love it, Candy. That's awesome. So you're you're exactly right. You had a zero percent return, but you really lost money due to the uh, cost uh, uh, cost of losing that time. But mm-hmm. here's the truth: the mutual fund would be allowed to report that you earned 25% average rate of return on your money. Hmm. You went up 100%. You went down 50%. Divide by two. That is an average return of 25%. And that officially, uh, according to Morningstar and many other third parties, that is how you're able to advertise your return if you own a mutual fund. Now, that that is a... Um, that is not only, uh, I think, misleading, but I think it's uh, damaging to a lot of people's retirement plans. Because mm-hmm. if you think you're making, you know, uh, the average um, the average investor, according to third-party research, is doing half of what the actual market indexes are doing. Half. Mm. 
four percent, four percent roughly over the last twenty years is the real investor return, where we were more like eight to nine percent in the actual S and P five hundred over these last twenty years. So if you're thinking you're making eight to nine percent, but you're actually only making four, that's going to have a that's huge a impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So again, where your money lives makes it do different things. So. Wow. Um, if it's okay, maybe I'll share some of what I came to in terms of conclusions and where Please. I keep my own cash and, and what a lot of our clients seem to think is a good, reasonable alternative for a portion of their portfolio. Sounds great. So, so what if you could see your money grow at a faster rate uh, and at a larger amount each and every year, no matter what's happening in the markets, no matter who sneezed on who or what the, you know, what the uh, friends in Russia and Saudi Arabia are deciding to do with our oil? You know, mm-hmm. That would what be if, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> what if you could keep more of your cash accessible for your business, not locked up and waiting for retirement years? You know, what if you could have no uh, fees or assets under management fees? You know, what if you had mm-hmm. a plan for your inventory every year, your business taxes every year, your equipment, your, you know, capital assets? You know, what if, again, what if you control controlled and owned the outcome before you even started? That was mm-hmm. sort of my my key questions I needed for my business as I got started. And, you know, Candy, as strange as it sounds, after looking at all those hundreds of different financial vehicles, of all things, it was a modernized form of uh, cash value, dividend-paying whole life insurance that gave me uh, uh, an approach that I could deal with and have some sanity in any market, whether in bull markets or bear markets. Uh, Mm -hmm. So in, in two, three minutes, I'll quickly share uh, a bit about that tool and then love to get your thoughts on it. Sounds great. So, you know, this is not the kind of whole life insurance that uh, our friends on other radio stations might love to hate on. Uh, <laughs> starting with a uh, first name, starting with Dave, I'll, I'll just say that. <laughs> uh, so, so this is different, categorically different than uh, the old fashioned whole life that our grandparents had. This is modernized uh, with writers that give you a ton more cash, meaning your money, your equity in the policy. It squeezes out the commissions by about 70%. And whole life insurance in general grows on a guaranteed basis, Candy, every single year, no matter what's happening in the markets. Hmm. Uh, it's accessible to you. You can access it next Tuesday or 20 years from now. It's your liquid cash. You can have access to the money in about five days. So it's not quite like a checking account. But it's relatively liquid, certainly more than a CD would be or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you access the money, there's no taxes due under current law. Uh, both the principal and the gains can be accessed for any reason uh, for your business or for your family. Uh, you know, there's no whatever red tape or prohibited transactions. Uh, when you access this money, it's yours. It's literally your cash. Uh, so you can pull that money out. You can put the money back in. And you can use it like a financial management tool for your business. That's a little bit about the, the newer forms, the more modern forms of whole life insurance. Very nice. And I've heard of, you know, whole life. I even have a policy that I had purchased as part of, you know, my plan or whatever, too. But um, it, it, it would be interesting to hear the differences. Because some people probably are have a concept of what that really is. And when you're saying, like, there's this new, you know, kind of aspect to it or how to do it, I think that would be interesting to hear as well. Yeah, yeah, there's uh, certainly, you know, it's been around for almost 200 years in this country, uh, but, you know, they've they've simply augmented it, made it more accessible, more liquidity. I think the biggest problem with old-fashioned whole life was that it just took so stinking long to break even. 
Mm. Uh, and uh, we really couldn't use it like a line of credit to our business, but now we can. If it's designed uh, the, the more modern way, uh, the, I'm happy to talk more about if you'd like. Great. It's actually just about time to take another break, though, so be sure to hang around to hear more from Mark Willis of Lake Growth Financial Services, and we will be right back after this brief commercial break. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to BizHelp for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. Today, I'm chatting with Mark Willis of Lake Growth Financial Services. Let's find out a bit more information from him on the whole life insurance that we were talking about before this break. So, Mark, can you continue the discussion then that we were having right before the commercial uh, on what you recommend for that insurance? Yeah, no worries. I, and again, this was sort of a, a break point for me as a CFP to really think of whole life insurance as anything worth paying attention to or talking about with clients or even my own money. Um, and so I was very skeptical at first that this would be uh, any part of my portfolio personally. Um, when I dug deeper, however, uh, I found that there are different designs of whole life insurance. Uh, think of whole life insurance like a bridge. You know, uh, you can have a, an old rickety bridge that's really designed from generations ago that may or may not be designed well and needs repair. Or you can have a brand new state-of-the-art one that can get you from where you are to where you want to go uh, much more efficient than uh, taking the long way around. So this is a nuanced custom design solution. It's not for everybody. I certainly don't recommend everyone just put all their money or even some of their money into these type of policies. 
Uh, it's also really going to take still a few years for you to really plow a ton of money into it to use. Although I will say this, Candy, you know, I've had folks pour money into their policies and use it even in the same month, hmm. starting a policy and then using it right away uh, for capital acquisition or paying off a debt. Uh, but it's really not for folks that are unable to save or unwilling to save their own capital. You know, if you mm-hmm. are still tied to the um, the bank as your only uh, economic dependency, I would say, you know, good luck. Uh, but I would say for the folks that want to break free from the bank dependency model and become your own source of financing, it's a straight up way to provide for yourself, your family, make yourself more competitive in the marketplace. So here's here's a bit about... And by the way, our kind of uh, short-term nickname for how these policies are designed, those more efficient policies, uh, are referred to as bank-on-yourself type whole-life policies. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we, we call it that is because they're specifically and specially designed. There's a writer that's attached to them that just floods the policy with equity or cash. You know, most people don't think of whole life or uh, don't think of life insurance as money you can spend on this side of heaven, mm-hmm. <laughs> Andy. But uh, whole life insurance, if it's designed the bank on yourself way, gives you forty times more cash than the old-fashioned stuff our grandparents had. Hmm. Uh, so you can use it for anything you need. Uh, you can fix up your kitchen. You can send your kids to college. Which, by the way, uh, if it's a if it's if it's being you know uh, if your money is tied up in the policies and used inside the policies. It does not get reported on uh, public financial aid documents like the FAFSA. So you look poor mm-hmm. on paper and giving your kids more access to grants and scholarships. But of course, that's you can helpful. certainly use it. Yeah, you can certainly use it, of course, for your business. And that's really where, you know, I think a lot of our business owner clients have found a lot of value. Uh, so, you know, um, you know, we can talk about how you can use that policy as a uh, as a line of credit to your business. And I've got a few stories I'd love to share with you a bit about. Uh, some clients that have done just that. Sure, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so you know, there's a there's a um, business owner on the West Coast who had a million dollar line of credit with the bank in the midst of the last recession, 2008 and nine, and that line of credit was used daily. I mean, he used it to operate all of his uh, outside sales force and everything that was out in the world. You know, his uh, inventory, et cetera, and the banks came uh, like they typically do. Uh, when it starts to rain and they started to cut lines of credit. What's that old uh, quote, Candy? The, the the banker will lend you his umbrella when the sun is shining, but wants it back <laughs> as soon as it starts to rain. Mm. Yeah, yep. um, and I've heard that happens with those lines of credit when times are tougher is when, you know, you really need it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's right when the business uh, needs it the most, the bank is ready to to sell out and uh, let that business hang out to dry. You know, it's it's not unlike a, a parasite and a host. I hate to use that metaphor, but because I know there's a lot of helpful banks out there too. But banks are certainly there to give you money when times are good. But as soon as you need them, where are they? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, this gentleman on the West Coast, he was concerned. The bank cut his line of credit in half in two wow. weeks. And then dropped it again. And then finally, they said, hey, you know what? We're exiting your business. We're going to term out your loan. You owe us this million dollars. Pay us in five years. Uh, so he mm. termed out that loan in five years. And he he was going to have to shut down the business. What he did instead was he repositioned some other monies that he had, pouring a quarter million dollars a year into a policy, a bank-on-yourself designed policy. So we're talking about significant, sizable cash premiums going into the policy. And this is, again... Premium is just the word we use for moving money into the policy, purchasing the policy, and building up wealth inside the policy. 
And by year five, he had a million dollars in cash value as a line of credit to his business. Okay, so now he is his own line of credit. Mm -hmm. Uh, He can borrow against the policy for any reason. And here was the key thing here, Candy. When you borrow from a bank on yourself designed policy, if it's designed correctly from a bank on yourself advisor with a company that offers all these uh, different features, the policy will continue to grow as if you hadn't borrowed a dime of it. Hmm. So say that another way, because that's a little wild to even say that. You can access this policy's cash value either as a withdrawal or a loan. But let's say that you had a million dollars in cash value in one of these policies today, and you wanted to borrow out 200 grand. You would be able to do that within five to seven days. The money would be directly deposited in your bank account with no questions asked. And then the policy continues to pay you a guaranteed interest and a dividend on top of that uh, on the entire full $1 million as if you hadn't touched the money at all. Wow. That's awesome. That is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And then you've got this loan, right? And and, uh, so you are now the one that controls that loan repayment process. There's no required repayment plan. Uh, Mm -hmm. policy loans don't have to be repaid during your lifetime. As long as that policy is in force your entire life and you pass away years from now with the loan outstanding, they simply deduct it from your death benefit at that Mm time. So Mm -hmm. instead of $5 million, your family gets whatever, 4.2 or whatever the the net death benefit is. So they'll have to struggle along on 4.2 million, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So... That's a little bit about that tool and happy to talk about other topics as well, but that has proven to be a valuable uh, tool in the tool belt to modernize our businesses and to make us more resilient no matter what the banks are doing. And so that would work really well then also for the small business who can't really put a lot away. You know, that was a big number that, you know, you had talked about for that business. But, you know, someone who maybe is a sole proprietor, um, you know, maybe they have a revenue of 100000 a year or 500000 a year or something, you know, a lot smaller business. That's still a good option for them. For sure. Yeah, you can take a zero off or add a zero on to that story and that could be yours. You know, you can mm-hmm. put whatever is a comfortable money uh, set aside each month or each year or once and once and only. Um, in fact, it, it has proven to be a great alternative. I know you and I wanted to talk a little bit about traditional retirement plans, mm-hmm. qualified retirement plans. This has proven to be an, a smart alternative to business owners that didn't get that 401k just dropped in their laps as we talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one question I was going to say, too, is, you know, business owners do get frustrated with the limits on, you know, their plan contributions for simple IRAs or SEPs or things like that. So that's what I was going to say. Are there alternatives that they could be doing for that? So is there something else besides the whole life that you would recommend? Well, let's think about how the simples, the IRAs and the SEPs work. You know, they are uh, an asset that you can save for your future or invest for your future. Usually simple IRAs and even SEPs are going to be tied to the markets, mm-hmm. which again, we don't have a whole lot of control over how many more black swans are going to have little baby black swans over your okay. retirement, over your, over your lifetime. <laughs> they seem to come about every 10 years. It seems these days, mm-hmm. these, these hundred year events seem to come once a decade now. Uh, so there are limits on qualified retirement plans. You know, each and every year, the government only gives us a certain number that we can put in. You might know better than I, but I think it's up to 25% of compensation or up to 57000 bucks a year into a SEP. And I think a uh, simple, what can you do? Maybe 3% of your salary, I believe. 
So I think, well, there's also the match side from the employer side, but I think most people will do up to 3%. um, And then depending on if it's a simple or traditional IRA or things like that too, what those numbers are. Um, But yeah, they change, of course, every year. And so, you know, I would hate to throw out a number now and someone listen to it in a couple of years and it not be the same, but yes. Well, that's true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They do change each year. You're right. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, point is every dollar that goes into my SEP or my simple, I can't use for my business ever again. And it, and it all gets taxed in the future. Now, these are all tax-deferred retirement plans. And, Candy, when I sit down and talk with most business owners, uh, we ask them, I ask them, I say, hey, what do you think? Are taxes going to be lower or higher mm. in the future? <laughs> I think higher. Yeah. Well, here you are. You're the expert here. So, I'll just take your word for it, Candy. But, yeah, I, I mean, agree it depends you. if you're talking about when you're retiring. Like, if you're retiring and you're talking about your own income level, then I think, you know, they would be less in the future for your amount. But, I mean, just in general with government, especially now we're going through this big thing right now, too, where they're putting out a lot of money, I think, in the long run, tax rates are probably going to go back up. Yeah. Well, I'd like to even gently push back on the idea that we might be in a lower bracket when we retire. Uh, I've worked with several thousand people now talking to them. I have yet to see any retirees who are successful in their investments be in a lower bracket. Really? What does it mean? What does it mean to be in a lower bracket? It means we are making less money. Right. What happened? Why are we making less money in our retirement? That means we failed in our retirement plan, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You know, I hope to be in a higher bracket um, when I retire, making more. I want to pay raise when mm-hmm. I retire. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so, you know, and, and honestly, we've lost all the deductions. Our kids are out of the house. Our house maybe is paid right. off at that point. So most people are at least as high as where they were, if not higher, uh, is my anecdotal experience, which is not the same thing as statistics. So we'd have to look that up, I guess. But mm-hmm. I don't want the chance. You know, if, if the government decides to change their mind on how much of their retirement money they own, right? you know, um, that's like having the fox in the chicken coop. I would prefer mm-hmm. to put my money in alternatives to the simple IRA or the SEP, which are after tax. Uh, one example is a Roth IRA. Uh, but Roths are really limited. What can we do? We can only do mm-hmm. six like grand. Six thousand or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as of 2020, recording this, if you're under mm-hmm. age 50. Uh, so whole life insurance, again, gives us an unlimited contribution amount. There is mm-hmm. no, there's no government uh, limit to how much I could put into a policy that's designed uh, the bank on yourself way. And the policy, if it's designed correctly, you can access the principal and the gains with no taxes due. It's completely mm. tax-free, just like a Roth IRA. In fact, if folks want to learn about this, uh, look up rich person's Roth uh, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Wow. That's great. I mean, there is, it's interesting that you mentioned that too, because one of the things that I was thinking, and I know this will be the last uh, question before we kind of tie everything up, but um, I think the reason we think that your tax amount is going to go down is because you're not like gainfully employed in a regular job anymore. And so that's why we think you're going to pay less, but you're right. You don't really want to be in that. You want to have something, you know, for your future. So, well, yeah. And, and again, if you give the government, if you're going to have a nice long retirement, let's say you're retired for 30 years, that gives that gives the government 30 years to decide how much of your 401k they own. Mm-hmm. Think about that for a minute. Every year they get to vote on whether or not they're going to raise taxes and take more of your taxable income. Right. All of your income, if it's taxable, um, is exposed to Congress mm-hmm. risk. We'll call it that. Right, right. Mm. 
That's <laughs> sad. Well, we're at the very end of the show here. So let's I get some I, good news here at the end. Yeah, what what, what I would love for you to do is to share with us, if you have an offer you would like to share with the listeners, um, you know, how you could help them. Yeah. Okay. So you're right. It is sad. I think too many people, again, we never got sat down and uh, most of us didn't get the 401k. Those of us who are of the employment job, we were handed a 401k, never stopped to think, is this really where I should be putting my money? We, we Rightfully, we had a lot of other things happening. Kids, life, it just happens pretty quick. You know, what do they say, Candy? Life is like a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> it goes the, fast. You know, it goes faster and faster the more you use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my, my thought is, you know, if, now that you know what you know, uh, what are you going to do about it? And mm-hmm. you do have the right, you have the right, you have the, uh, you have mm-hmm. the ability to put your money where you want it to go. Where is mm-hmm. it written that you have to put your money into risky assets that are going to mm-hmm. be taxed in the future? If you knew you had another alternative, what would you do about it? Okay. Uh, so, you know, I'd say the best thing we can do is um, find out. I don't know if this is mm-hmm. a good fit for any of your listeners or not, but I'd be very honored to sit down and chat, either me or one of my associates. Uh, if folks want to go to solution to cashflow.com, that's solution to cashflow.com. And that's either the number two or the, the word spelled out, solution, T-O, cashflow.com. Uh, you'll see a way to reach out to me and my team. Uh, you can also learn more about the bank on yourself strategy if that's what you'd like. But we are a you know full firm, so we can talk about other strategies as well. For the business owner, it's something I think folks need to at least explore and see if it's a good fit for their business. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great opportunity that you're sharing. I would love for you just to say, like, do you have a phone number or any other like social media sites or anything that people could go to and you know reach out to you through? Uh, and said so just that one that you gave. That that website gets us. Uh, there's a form you can request a 15 minute meeting with us to learn more. Uh, okay. So that's that's all of our. That's probably the best place to go. If you want to just kind of learn more and kind of hear more about the strategy, you can go to our podcast, uh, Not Your Average Financial Podcast. We're on, nice. we're on anywhere folks are listening to podcasts. You can check us out there. Okay, perfect. I know that's a great resource to have. I mean, this has been. A great topic. I know there was so much more we even could have talked about that we didn't even start to talk about. So I I know just the few resources that you were talking about today are just like to prick the, I guess, their interest, you know, but I'm sure a consultation with you would be, you know, a great way to go and start, you know, analyzing where they are in specifics to, you know, instead of just an overview of this could work, you could sit down and talk with someone and say, absolutely, you know, this is what you have available, this is what, you know, what is your goal? Like really even help them do goal planning as well Mm -hmm. for their future. Exactly. We'd sit down one-on-one in an advisory role, you know, just listening carefully to goals, dreams, concerns. And if this strategy works, great. If not, let's find another in our tool belt that really does solve your greatest challenges without taking unnecessary risk. Right. One of those 450 things. Yeah. I'm just in shock that, you know, someone has to be able to keep track of all those things. I mean, it's hard enough to just have, you know, a few things, but to have 450, it's like, I don't want to do income tax law because the tax law is always changing and, you know, to have to keep up on all of that. So I just, I know a lot of the information and I will give my clients, you know, basic information, but I always say, talk to your CPA because mm-hmm. they have to keep up with everything as it's changing. So 
Awesome. You know, but thank you for, you know, just even going over some of these things. Like I wouldn't even thought of using life insurance as a vehicle for savings and for your business, especially like, again, I know about it as like an individual, but to talk about that, like we did today as a potential, how to use it yourself and, you know, be able to control it instead of, you know, going the other direction and just trusting a bank has been good. So, but thank you then for, you know, being my guest. I really appreciate your time and the information that you have shared. I also wanted to thank the listeners for tuning into the show. I hope you found this topic interesting and then answered just some of the questions about how to become your business's source of working capital. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Mark at any of the links he shared, or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I'd really appreciate your support. Next week's topic is Mastering Reinvention. I hope you can join us for this presentation. And please remember you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is www.abnp.com. Links can be found on my Voice America page. Remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't join us for the live show, you can find the episode saved on the business channel on www.voiceamerica.com or find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to BizHelp for You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.